This is a Payone Media production. Hey, bro. Let's get into this thing. It's Demasi and Michael just talking tech. The following podcast on the Your Own Pay Podcast Network will contain adult content. Listener discretion is advised. More information about this episode can be found at yourownpay.com. Enjoy the show. So what I discovered today is remember how when we were playing around with Clean Feed a couple of weeks ago and I added four different sources because we wanted to play with that a little bit and then I was complaining because I couldn't figure out how to remove them? Well, you have to go back to audio and then go to audio sources and change it from four to one. And that's why I was echoing is I had both sources I had two of the four sources enabled, so uh-huh. that's why I said it better have been in sync, because if not, then that's not good. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So, anyone listening to your own pay.com slash DM74, if you're a JAWS user, set a place marker on the save button so that if you are thinking about it, you can simply tap K for Kilo, and that'll move you to the save all button, and then you just tap that button, and now I have a download of the first two minutes of our audio, but it'll be less than that when we edit it, but still. Uh, quick huh, Nice tip. If you're on the Mac, I don't remember the keyboard shortcuts offhand, but you VO shift set. and then a number. Uh, is it? Is that the, the temporary hotspot? I don't, I don't remember. remember. I don't remember. Either, but yeah. yeah, you're right. VO shift and a number will set a hotspot where you are. I can't remember if it's temporary or permanent, but there you go. Yep. So, what's new with Demasi? Man, I thought about whether or not we should talk about this, but I'm going to be transparent. Todoist is pissing me off. <laughs> and, it, and it's not Todoist. It's the concept of keeping track of the task. And we've talked about this multiple different times. But the concept of keeping track of a task inside of a task manager. I have so many things that I just go in there and I look and I'm like, oh, I need to do that and I need to do that. But then by the time I get done doing it, I don't want to be on my phone anymore. So I don't look at the tasks anymore to mark them off. And I've honestly even gotten worse at just looking at the tasks of things I need to do. So I need to I need to either figure out some better discipline for myself or do something because Todoist, I don't think it's a problem with the application. I think it's a problem with my mindset. I get that. I mean, I think it's also just the the f- inherent fiddliness of it. Like you said, you have to first you have to put the task in there, uh, which there are shortcuts and ways to quickly do that. But then you have to go back and look at it, right? Because notifications aren't always useful because it may not be a time sensitive thing. It's just a thing that I need to remember to do at you know before a certain date or whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. so there's that then you gotta look at the list and then once you do it you gotta go check it off otherwise you know it doesn't appear to be done it's a lot of steps and honestly this is one of the few times i'm gonna invoke the privilege haha see we have privilege too the privilege of a blind person and say that i think one of the frustrations with task management for me has been like there's so many steps taps flicks scrolls that has to be done because i'm using a screen reader versus some of the much quicker ways to input and access information uh for a non-screen reader user and If the experience was better on desktop, I think 
it wouldn't be as difficult as it is for me because yeah. I'm getting shit done on the desktop and then I have to go pick up my phone and these AirPods, by the way, people, I got AirPod Pros and I'm loving them, but that's besides the point. Uh, these AirPods have kind of made it to where often, this is weird, but my phone isn't even with me. Yeah, I, I know the feeling because you can do most of what you want to do as far as audio, answering calls, messaging, all of that stuff without having to physically touch the phone. Yep. Yep. Um, and Siri is a bit more reliable in iOS 15. And I say that hesitatingly because is that going to stay that way or is it going to get broken? But right this minute, it seems like Siri and, and I are getting along, which is awesome. I will be on beta as soon as I restore my phone. I've been meticulously going through and trying to check to make sure that there's not like some app data that I need to export before I reset it. Uh, and then I'll be like, oh, well, now I can't really get that back. And that means I can't do something that is important. What? There's stuff that's not saved in iCloud in your life? <laughs> Man, you know, there are still some apps that do not allow you to back up their actual data into iCloud. Or if they do, like, I'm not going to be restoring from iCloud backup. So how would I necessarily get that data back? I know... For anybody listening who pays attention to such things, that yes, Apple says when you reinstall an app that your data should be restored from said app if there's a backup in iCloud. But that only applies if one said application actually makes use of app specific backups for their application, not just relying on your general overall device iCloud backup. And secondly, that I trust iCloud to do what it's going to do or supposed to do every time it's supposed to do it. And I'm not there yet. I mean, look, here's a side note. I have set up a whole convoluted process that I forced Tia to deal with just so I can back up her photos to my Google Photos account. Oh, boy. Do you want to share? <laughs> I mean, basically, I just, I mean. Made her install Google Photos? And you basically made her install Google Photos and signed in with my account and then set it to also back up her photos. So, yes, they are in iCloud Photo Library, but they're also on my Google account, too, just in case. Set it. Nope, it does not affect me. I feel people's pain. I empathize with them, but I'm still in a position and Google hasn't made me move off of it yet where I basically have unlimited Google Drive storage. Uh, that's going to change at some point because they're going to force me to go up to actual workspace versus the G Suite plan that I happen to be on, um, which is confusing and weird, but they haven't made me move yet. They can't really just arbitrarily move my account because if I want to keep the same benefits that I have right now, it's going to cost me an extra six bucks a month, which I'm not certain I'm going to pay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that comes down to my Dropbox scenario. Like there's stuff, there's projects that I want to work on, but I'm not sure if I want to pay for Dropbox. I just wish all of these cloud storage solutions would play nice together. So if someone adds a, a file to a shared Dropbox folder, then it updates in your shared Google Drive folder and it doesn't matter how much space you have in Dropbox. But that would imply that these companies would play nice together and I don't ever see that happening. I would say a better way to deal with it would sort of be what we have with Google, at least, which is uh, shared drives where if I invite you to share a drive 
on my account, all of the stores being used only counts against me. So it doesn't matter if you have a terabyte, 200 gigs or 15 gigs of storage. I can share whatever I want to share with you so long as I have the storage to do it. And I really honestly wish that Dropbox would add that feature. Hey, if you know that Dropbox has this feature, you can uh, reach out to us on Twitter or something like, hey, Dropbox does support this on whatever plan it has to be because it's shocking to me that they don't have such a feature at this point. Uh, but that would solve the problem because I, I am vehemently opposed on my behalf and yours, honestly, to pay for Dropbox to do what is essentially something that's not. Pay- now, if it's paid work and you have to get Dropbox in order to. That's different. C- cope with a customer. You know, well, you build that into the cost of what you're charging for your services, but for, you know, sharing purposes only. Yeah. I was going to say for voluntary work or volunteer work and that being the only reason for using it, then there's, that's a harder sell. That's a harder sell. Exactly. In my opinion, if I'm volunteering to do something uh, on behalf of you or a company or organization or agency, and it requires me to have a paid Dropbox account, my perk should should at least extend to you covering the cost of that, not me having to cover the cost of that because you're not paying me for the services I'm providing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I did see that Dropbox now offers a family plan. I don't know if huh? they've always offered this, but it's for $19.99 if billed monthly, $16.49 or something around that if billed annually. And it allows you and up to six users to share a Dropbox uh, setup. I It said three terabyte. It might have said two terabytes, so I'm not clear. We'll have links at youronpay.com slash DM74. Uh, but it had it was either two terabytes shared or each of those six users gets two terabytes, kind of like what Office does with their family share plan. So they do offer a family share plan now. Mm, I'm betting it's a two terabyte pool. Because one of their business level accounts, I don't remember which one it was, is like the, the kind of entry level team account or whatever. Uh, at one point in time in their past offered a similar thing where you could have up to X number of team members and everybody shared from a pool of data mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or do, pool of storage. Yeah. yeah. And just to add one more level of complexity to it, I now have two terabytes in iCloud. So... <laughs> Which again argues why should I go pay for Dropbox? Yeah, I'm like you. Like I got two terabytes of iCloud storage. Just a tip for people too. I don't know who's really depending on iCloud like this at this point. Right. But if you are paying for Apple One Premier, it's not confusing at all, right? How can you call it Apple One when there's multiple tiers? I don't. Get, anyway, another conversation. And isn't it isn't it iCloud Plus part of being part of? Oh Apple? man, see, I don't <laughs> even know anything about iCloud. You know something? I gotta make a, a honest, a, a honest uh, admission here. I still have not watched WWDC. I watched a couple of session videos from WWDC through my developer account, but I have not actually watched the WWDC uh, event that everybody watched on the day that it happened. Well, with Doys and Doug and myself and other people you're connected with, really, do, do you do you need to? I mean, sometimes it probably would be valuable for me to watch it because things get muddled. Mm-hmm. There, there is that, but a part of me kind of just like I don't give a shit, right? Whatever. 
Yeah. It, I am it, thinking about doing public beta instead of using the developer beta, though, since that's already out. Yeah. There you go. Uh, on I the watch I don't or know not? why. Uh, on the watch, for sure. Okay. I will let you take that plunge. So I went into the developer beta, and I've had a pleasant experience. You tell me how the watch is. And I don't know if I want to, I don't even know what's new on Apple TV, whatever version it is. I did think about public beta on one of them that we have, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I got to get used to Apple TV as a platform first again. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I can't remember ever putting a beta on Apple TV because I've not really ever seen any point to it. Plus <laughs> it, that's probably one of the few things I really don't want to break. Right. Uh, right. I can cope with a phone because I can wipe that. Like, I, what, what, how do I wipe a Apple TV? I mean, I know how to do it, but like, I would be sitting there for a second, like, wait, what do I do? I go here, here. Nope, not there, not there. Gonna, oh, okay. there it is. So, what were you saying about people who may or may not rely on iCloud services with Apple One Premiere? So, if you have Apple One Premiere where you're getting all of the Apple services at this point for what's basically $30 a month, uh, gives you two terabytes of iCloud storage in addition to uh, Apple Music and Apple News Plus and Apple Arcade, all the stuff, Apple TV Plus, all all of the things. Fitness Plus, Fitness Plus for those mm, people. Who want yeah, to, you get that too. that's a shitty service. Anyway. <laughs> man, I need my soundboard set up. I just set the fucking mixer up. Uh, man, I need my soundboard. It's fire. The, man, opinions, the opinions expressed on this Your Own Pay Podcast Network are podcast absolutely 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely 100% true. Uh, look, I get free. This shit tell you now, granted, I've been slacking off a little bit the past six weeks, but honestly, I get Apple one. I mean, Apple fitness for free. I promise I'm going to get back to my point about this storage because it's just a very short thing, but I get Apple fitness for free. I've had Apple fitness for free from the time it was released because it, it actually went into paid or whatever at the time that they released Apple one. And I immediately jumped on Apple one because I was already paying for all the shit except for, news plus and arcade and i was borderline about having to pay for arcade because i was like these kids was always coming wanting to get a new app and if i give them a bunch of apps or games that are just free they'll leave me alone for a second uh so no brainer for me doing apple premiere my point though fitness plus comes for free and i still took advantage of a discounted deal to pay for uh fitbod uh, as opposed to apple 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 Fitness, using Apple Fitness. But FitBod doesn't give you classes, do they? And that's more what the fitness, the premium Apple Fitness gives you is the actual classes. Yeah, so what I like about FitBod is that it'll give me a workout routine based off, you know, what equipment I tell it I have available, even if it's I'm the only equipment I have uh, in the floor. But they'll build out a workout plan. It'll change over, you know, over days, so I'm not doing the same muscle groups every day. And as far as any exercises that they give me they're gonna give me they give you videos i don't care i've never even looked at the videos because they do give you very well written like the app is a little janky i'm gonna be honest but they do give very well written descriptions of how to do said exercise like i didn't know what the hell a superman was and i was like what the hell is this so i went in and i looked at it and it described what i do to do the thing and i was like oh okay i'm pretty sure i can do that my back is probably gonna hurt in the morning but i'm pretty sure i can do that one uh, so that's why I actually use FitBod. 
Uh, Fitness Plus, my actual issue with Fitness Plus is not the difference in the types of exercises, is that there's not enough description for the type of workouts I want to do. Well, in general, in general, that's... Well, I haven't looked at anything except the stuff I want to do, though, because I figure if uh, I'm on a bike, well, I'm just on a bike, all you're going to do is tell me to speed up or slow down, but if I'm trying to do like some, some actual, you know, muscle building or, you know, any kind of aerobic exercises, I need a lot more description than what they're giving. And honestly, I'm a little disappointed that Apple didn't think of a better way of handling that. Like, there's some instruction, but not enough. And let's be honest, like, this is not even a personal disappointment. It's more of a general disappointment in Apple because you got to expect that Apple Fitness, the Apple Watch, all of these things are going to be a lot of people's intro into this space. And if you're a blind person that's newly entering into, you know, working out and trying to get fit, you're not going to know. Like I said, I mean, I used to lift weights in high school. I wrestled in high school. I know squats and thrusts and, you know, the difference in, in the types of shoulder pressures you can do. I had no idea what the fuck a Superman was. Never heard of this shit before in my life. Some right. guy on a video telling me, now you're going to go do this or do this. Like, I have no idea what the hell you're telling me to do, dude. Like, what are you saying? Speak English. <laughs> right. Speak. Well, and the other thing is, in, and I'm taking this back from the blindness aspect of it in total, but it is possible that, you know, Benjamin or Mallory or Nicholas is doing a workout and they're not looking at their phone or they're not looking at the TV. And Mm. so having better integrated description would make it a better experience for everyone. This is true. This is true. Where were you going with Apple one? (laughs) (laughs) I I forgot, man. I probably forgot. I I, got to keep reminding you because I will forget. (laughs) <laughs> no, I forgot. I forgot. Because uh, it's just a tip for people that may or may not be used to it all. But that is a very good point about it. Like, yeah, taking a step back just from blind, like adding that capability for a blind individual or a low vision user of the service would greatly benefit everyone. Like you said, because even if, you know, you're in a space where like Tia will probably be trying to do this on her phone, right? She had to just run it on her phone and have her watch going and all that. Like, she got to stop and focus in on her phone that's sitting on a table. Versus just like, no, just throw the AirPods in and get to it. Uh, So extremely disappointed in Apple. This is one of the few things Apple has rolled out where I didn't really have a what I consider to be a reasonable. eh, Well, I know why that's a little rough around the edges type of deal. Right. Sometimes we get stuff and it's like, I see why that's rough around the edges. This, though, as long as they have had to be working on it, it could have been better, should have been better. But. The tip with Apple One, in addition to the fact that you don't, you're not technically actually having to pay for Fitness Plus because it's just bundled in. Look, if you're paying for ten, two terabytes of iCloud storage, that's ten bucks a month, even if you share it with your family. Fifteen bucks for Apple Music, family, you're at twenty five bucks. Throw in either Arcade or Apple, Apple TV, TV Plus, and you're at yep. the thirty dollars. Yep. So whatever services you're not gonna pay for. Uh, what makes and if you're like me, you're gonna get the two terabytes of iCloud storage anyway, because there's too many Apple devices on the family shared entire thing for me to be like, oh well, I'm gonna parcel this out. But if you're Apple Premier, Apple One Premier subscriber, you got your two terabytes of iCloud storage, right? Somebody's thinking it, so I'm gonna help you out. If you need more than that two terabytes of iCloud storage for an extra ten dollars a month, you get a whole another two terabytes. Wow. So for 40 bucks a month, basically, you get four terabytes of storage in addition to the rest of the stuff that comes with Apple One Premiere. Huh. I didn't know you could do that. 
Yeah. I thought they I would wonder just... if... Nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I thought they would do service. what you would do if like you if we had the Apple TV subscription and the Apple One premiere maximum plus whatever it's called. But yeah, as of the time of recording that that is possible to do that. Uh, I didn't think they would do that either. I figured they would just cap your storage. They've never offered a plan for more than two terabytes. I just want to point out something too that seems to be a misnomer in the in the cloud storage arena is that Apple's cloud storage is crazy expensive. For the longest time, Apple was the best deal going in cloud stores. Now, it may have not been the best service to be like, oh, I'm going to throw all my stuff over here. But it was the best deal going in cloud stores when you got to a $10 a month price point. Because when Apple first started doing iCloud stores, you could get two terabytes for 10 bucks. Well, let's see. Google was giving me a terabyte of 10 bucks. Dropbox was giving me a terabyte of 10 bucks. Box, I think, is giving you a hundred gigs at ten bucks. I don't know. I ain't used boxing forever. One drive was ten bucks for a terabyte. Apple was ten bucks for two terabytes. You can now get two terabytes from Dropbox for eleven ninety nine. So their price. Yeah, I know they tweaked their pricing since then, but initially, like they had the better deal, and they still have a better deal. I mean, maybe not intrinsically across services, but people always seem to. I hear a lot of people say this, like. Apple, you know, Apple charges a lot for storage. They charge a lot for storage when you're upgrading your computer that you're buying from there. Their cloud right. storage has Not always been fairly storage, reasonable. Though. Yeah. I mean, you can get, what is it, 100 gigs or is it 200 gigs for $1.99? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. It's either $1.99 or $2.99. Yeah, it's $1.99. Yeah. Um, the main reason why we upgraded is twofold. Number one, Nicholas came back to the light side and now he has an iPhone. And so I wanted to get arcade for him and Benjamin. And I like only being billed once a month versus one charge here, another <laughs> charge here. <laughs> Cause we were going to have to start paying for Apple TV plus. So that was going to be yet another charge from Apple that is like, what is, what did I just get billed? Oh, 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 okay. It was Apple TV plus. Yeah, that happens to me like that. That was another reason that it was a no brainer for me either. Like I wasn't, I wasn't at the 30 bucks yet. Cause I wasn't, hadn't gotten to the point of having to pay for Apple TV plus. So I was like, man, look, if I do this, then all my, all my, not all of them, but I don't know exactly when I'm being billed for Apple services. Uh, Cause now I got, let's see, Apple premiere one, whatever it is. Uh, that's one bill. And it covers all of the things that I got to have. Cause the music's got to exist. Uh, mm. Yes. Yeah, I gotta have the music, the family music, man. Like I I use it sometimes. Everybody uses it. The storage is necessary for backup purposes and if nothing else. Um although Apple, you know, I've got this this one drive that I'm using. It sure would be nice if I could automatically back my iPhone up to a different cloud storage provider. Just just saying. <laughs> You know what's funny is everybody's trying to sue Apple for any competitive blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. But Nobody's no brought, brought up that, that up. point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you made it so that I could selectively choose where I wanted to back my stuff up instead of having to put it into iCloud. Now, maybe that is a little anti-competitive if you want to pick <laughs> on anything. The fact that they run an app store and also sell apps in said app store, like, man, the fuck out of here. But the response would be, well, you can still back it up with finder slash itunes uh do an encrypted local you don't have a computer that That is true my answer to that is i know people who literally do not have any sort of 
traditional laptop slash desktop in their house. Everything is either iPad or iPhone. Or Apple TV. And Apple TV. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Man, you said something earlier and I was going to go down a path with that and I forgot what it was now. Oh, no. Uh, anyway. We'll make an edit point and hopefully clean feed records because I just realized I'm not recording a backup. <laughs> save. <laughs> save, 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 man. save. Well, we have the first 26 minutes of Wayne. If worse comes to worse, then we'll wrap it up with that. <laughs> Uh, I started re started reorganizing my desk. Yeah, so, tell us about that. That was a project. So I, I cleaned, imagine cleaned all of the crap off of it. Uh, so it's it's pretty free space with the exception of a couple of things. Uh, Braille display is over here on the right. A couple of kids' iPads are up here because they pissed me off earlier, and I took them and I ain't gave them back yet. But that happens. So. I took the mixer off the desk and put it on a small table because I finally, you know, went ahead and finished making the table that I was building for the printer. Uh, so that is put together. So I took the table that I, the temporary table I had the printer sitting on and put the mixer on it. And it is now sitting off to my left uh, about maybe six inches below the level of the desk. Uh, so I can just reach over with my left hand and do any adjustments that I need to do, you know, on the fly yeah. uh, as necessary, but it's, it's at a much more comfortable position. Now, the only problem I have not solved, I mean, it's temporarily solved because apparently it has to be or we wouldn't be recording. So right now I have my microphone on my, uh, my old tripod floor stand uh, with the boom arm that extends out across the desk. And I'm just sitting up at the desk. So I'm not back in my normal feet propped up position. I'm sitting straight up at the desk right now talking into the microphone directly in front of me because uh, I was getting super annoyed with the uh, with the boom arm that was clamped to the front of the desk, but it was off at an angle. So I either had to turn my head directly to face the microphone or if I were facing a computer as I tend to like to do, I would be off the mic a lot. Whereas now I don't think I've been off the mic too much because I'm not moving. I'm uh, just talking straight in front of me, which is where the microphone is. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all I've done at this point. Uh, I'm going to get rid of some cables, uh, rewire some stuff, and probably move this laptop off to the left or right uh, eventually. But it's, it's much more workable, at least this way. I had enough room to push the the laptop all the way back so I could put my Bluetooth keyboard up on the desk and use it normally. So you have a better organized setup, and that gives you an opportunity to quickly make adjustments, like we need to adjust volumes for people and stuff like that. Um, Where's the Intel Mac in this whole scenario, or is it completely out of the picture now? Uh, It is currently closed, sitting under the M1 MacBook. Pro. Ah, okay. So it's a stand, right? Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was actually thinking last night uh, about some things. So my Intel Mac, I think I'm going to install Windows 10 on it in Boot Camp and just run Mac OS uh, on it as well. 
I'm also going to use it for sort of a secure system. So I think I'm going to set up a partition for a Linux installation just so I can go play around with some desktop stuff. Uh, I have a strategy for a in case of emergency break glass, like if I all of us, if I die unexpectedly, for example, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be morbid, but this is stuff that we have to think about, I think, and I think we really should think about it and start planning out. Those of us who tend to be the more technical minded yeah. people in our families, we know where all the passwords are and all of that crap, and most people don't. Uh, so I think I've come up with a solution that even would satisfy the tinfoil hat paranoid out there, <laughs> which I am sometimes a member of said club. Sometimes not. I'm a part-time member. Uh, you come and go. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I come and go, man. It depends on how the wind blows. <laughs> what type of moon's out. <laughs> or what type of weed it is. Who knows? <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to expound on that strategy just yet because I have not put it into reality yet, but I did come up with an idea for that. I also thought about this. So my M1 is cool. I thought about what if I wipe this computer and then try to use it like I'm not going to do that yet because I got stuff I need to finish doing. But what if I wipe this computer and used it more? I can't. I'm, I'm going to try to talk out this concept. So if you, you get a gist of what I'm trying to say, and you can explain it better. Uh, jump in at any time. But I think about my phone. Most people don't hesitate to wipe their phone. Right. Because, you know, you can restore from a backup or whatever data it is you need to get is can be easily recovered. There are some people who operate their computers like that, but most people don't. I currently am not one of those people where it's like at a drop of the hat. I can wipe my computer. I mean, I can wipe my computer any given time, but like Mm -hmm. there's so much preparation that goes into it. Mm -hmm. What if I set it up from the point of. Uh, I had an idea like, oh, let me set this computer. I'm going to wipe this computer. I was having a paranoid moment, to be honest. But I was like, what if I set this, wipe the computer, set it up, and I'm going to see how much stuff I can do just in the browser. Like, no apps except where I absolutely have to have apps. So it'd be a hell of expensive Chromebook. Uh, something like that, yeah. Uh-huh. Don't know if I'm going to do it or not. Audio editing, I couldn't do it. Well, like I said, except for where I have to have apps. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I'm not completely like, oh, I'm going to, you know, no apps. Like I'm going to, this is going to be a Chrome. I'm not going <laughs> to do it that way. But it was like, what if I ran this more of a, I'm not going to say disposable machine because I'm not tossing it out the window, but like, right. oh, in case of emergency, I can easily wipe this and not shed any tears over it. Cause like, I know I have backups of the data data that I need mm-hmm. somewhere. And you know, I was running pretty lean and clean at the moment. I don't know that I have time to actually explore this. I, I may actually end up doing it with the Intel Mac for my Mac OS account on that computer. Cause I'm going to mostly probably use it for testing or use it for, well, I'm going to hand it over to Tia so she can learn to really get into Mac OS and see if she likes that as a platform or not. My suspicion, is that other than for specific things she's going to prefer iOS which means definitely uh, iPad Pro is a thing that has to happen (sighs) it's going to be expensive yes yes it is (laughs) speaking of iPads though man I need to get this thought out so rumor is out I listened to Connected this week so the rumor has been kind of floating around we're getting a new iPad mini at some point Mm -hmm. rumor now has it you know somewhere probably around like 8.4 ish inches so bigger screen, probably smaller body. The rumor kind of has it sounding like the it's going to look like a shrunken down version of the current iPad Air or something along those lines, right? right? So 
That's intriguing. But what was really intriguing to me is I put my watch on last night because I, I had been out and I came in, took a shower, got a shower, threw my watch on, did not pick my phone up. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, it would be great if I could just operate with just my watch. That's an interesting concept. And there are a couple of major things right now that I feel that hold us back from that point, which means I expect Apple has to deal with these at some point. Uh, because I envision the new watch. Like I know what the, the future of the Apple watch could be. I don't say it should be, but could be. But to get to this whole point, the biggest problem we have is that you have to have a phone to set up the watch, right? Yes. Now, once it's set up, you're, you're free from it to, to a certain extent, but you have to have a phone to set it up. Why can't I use it? Why is there not a watch app for the iPad though? Mm. Because my thought was, I had two thoughts. I had several thoughts, actually. I'm going to try to get to all of them. <laughs> But my initial thought was, well, if I could just use the watch in an iPad, then I would have like everything I kind of needed. Like an iPad mini would be great because it would be a big enough screen for me to comfortably do certain things on a small enough device that I could move around with it. Uh, still has all the capabilities. And I just use my watch and my, you know, earbuds or whatever for mobile travel. Like I'm out of the house. I don't need to take a phone. Because the watch has all the stuff I need on it. I can call people. I can text people. I can track my steps. I'm good. Uh, get notifications. I was like, but the only problem is there's no watch app for the iPad. And then I said, well, there's a couple other problems with the watch, too, in that scenario that need to be solved before we could get there. Number one, what I noticed this. Hmm? I said, go ahead. Go ahead. I uh, You'll get there. I said web browsing. <laughs> oh no well see i don't care about that though if i'm if i'm at home or from somewhere where i need to do web browsing i'll deal with that true no. uh first problem if i turn my if i power my phone off and then i turn it back on and i take my bluetooth earbuds and i turn them on they will pair to my phone and i can enter my password and do all those things totally over bluetooth right mm-hmm. i turn on my apple beats flex which you know because they're the apple earbuds they have that connectivity they're all in iCloud so I turn them on I only have my watch on my phone's not even on yet I didn't power the phone back on and I'm waiting for the earbuds to just automatically connect to the watch didn't happen Mm. so first that needs to be fixed because to me that's a bug Uh, if I have a pair of earbuds that are that are apple you know, buzz, whether they're the, the AirPods or any sort of beats that support that functionality, uh, they should automatically pair to any available device when they're turned on, especially if it's the only device there. I could totally see that being an issue if my phone was on and they connected to the phone, but you should switch to my watch. You do it sometimes when I don't want you to. <laughs> just do but it. The watch was locked. When I need yeah, you but to. just do it. Right. And of course, there's no way for me to get to Bluetooth for anything on the watch until I actually type in the pin code to unlock the watch. Right, so there's a problem right there. Number two is typing in a freaking pin code. Well, man, if I got voiceover on and I can't use my Bluetooth, I don't want to be in the middle of a room of people and I'm typing in the passcode on my Apple Watch. Yeah. Because my Apple Watch, theoretically, well, in reality, could get you into my Mac. Can get you into your phone now. Could get me into my phone. And theoretically, at some point in the future, uh, it'll get you into my house. Yeah. So major problems with that. And it occurs to me, we should, we need two things. We need touch ID on the watch. 
on a little crown. And you could do it because you already have some sensors in the crown. Mm-hmm. The other thing we need in order for the standalone watch to be a viable product, period. And it's not just for me. This is what I think the the, the industry would need, the, the masses would need to buy into this is this underscreen camera technology I keep hearing about that nobody seems to have perfected yet. There's a few Android, there's several Android phones that have deployed it at this point, but it doesn't seem to be perfected yet. I need Apple's version of that to be working. Does two things. Number one, for people with phones, it gets rid of the notch. Okay, people don't like the notch. The notch is gone because your camera is under the screen, but it's still great. Well, what also you get is the ability to probably put a camera up under the screen of the Apple Watch. Now, I know it seems stupid. Who's going to take a picture with the Apple Watch? I guarantee you somebody would. But I'm thinking about it more from a authentication standpoint, first and foremost. Well, here's Face ID. Here's Touch ID. So even if I take my watch off and lay it down for 30 minutes, pick it back up and put it on, if I can give you my fingerprint in my face, that's me. You let me into my watch. Right. Then there's also, you know, FaceTime calls, you know, just for the random weird person who wants to do a FaceTime call from their watch. <laughs> but for authentication purposes, like there's three methods of authentication right there. Number one, my fingerprint. Two, my face. Or my iris, like if they can make an iris scan, well, you know, that might be a little actually exclusive because I know people who don't actually have their actual eyes, so that wouldn't work for them. Right. But facial recognition, I think is big enough for that. And you got the fact that, you know, sensors touching my skin, like maybe there's something there that could also be tapped into that's like, oh, we can tell something based off your other biometrics that this is you. Mm. Uh we, we need that. And if we get that, then a watch could be its own standalone device. Maybe you need another thing to set it up for a couple of years before they can get it all the way there. Okay, fine, cool. But give me a watch app on an iPad and I'm good. Because the other thing I thought about is like, maybe I should just start buying the big-ass phone and just not carry the big-ass phone everywhere and just let that be like my tablet slash, <laughs> you know, main device that runs everything, my hub, for lack of a better term that runs everything and powers everything. I just wander around the world with my Apple watch. But the, the gotcha with that is, and this is the ironic thing, you can get a slightly bigger, if this iPad mini rumor is true, slightly bigger iPad for half or a third of the cost of that big iPhone 12 Pro Max phone. So... <laughs> That's, yeah, but, but you need but, the phone to set up. But I Apple need the watch. phone to set up the watch. The phone would be more versatile until they get to the point where I can do all the stuff from my iPad. The phone would be more versatile because that would also be the best top of the line uh, device for for camera. If I needed a webcam, you know, yeah. in a pinch. Shout yeah. out to Camo, nice app. <laughs> We're gonna put that in the show notes. Yes, great app and pop socket. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you all y'all with that pop socket. I just go buy like the whole little Gobi Gorilla Grip right. camera mount thing. <laughs> but I mean, if you already had the pop socket, though, different yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, Mike already had the pop socket. He did not go out and buy a pop socket for these. Per- did you? Did we ever explain to people what you did? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. I'll find the episode Refer- that we explained it and link it in the show notes. Long story short, use my phone to be my camera for a Zoom call, which was and apparently awesome. it was. Apparently it was amazing. Everybody yeah. loved it. Yeah. They, they thought his camera was was quality, a great quality was, was camera. Amazing. And then I told them it was just an iPhone camera. 
But it's still a great camera. <laughs> Better be for six, seven hundred dollars. But that that so your your thought is where how I got to the iPad and the rest of this story was I was thinking about the phone, like, well, I should just buy the biggest, best phone. That'll give me the best camera and it, you know, has a big battery. And if I'm traveling and I need a device to do work on, that would be great. And I got more space, more battery life, etc. But what I could start doing is just leaving that device around to be the hub and move around with my watch and do as much as because usually when I'm out and about, I'm not going to stop and do a lot. Like I know if I'm going to or not, like if I'm running to what's an example, if I'm going out to dinner with Tia, right, I'm not really I don't really have to have my phone so long as everything that I could possibly need to do, such as call someone or answer a call and use Apple. Yeah. Yeah, I can do all of that with my wife. So technically, I wouldn't need my phone at that yep. point. I'm not going to be opening a spreadsheet or replying to an email, you know, I'm out to dinner. To be fair, you could reply to an email from your Apple Watch. So. I know. But I don't. <laughs> I, I just and I don't. found out yesterday you can even compose an email. Like this would not be <laughs> That I don't think I do. Yeah, yeah. You you pick the uh, the you can dictate an email address, which I'm sorry, I will not do that. I have I have used you dictation, and I know how irreliable you are, so I will not be dictating email addresses. But you can also choose an email address from a contact in your contacts list, and then you dictate the subject and you dictate the uh, body of the message. I'm not going to start sending emails from my watch. <laughs> oh, man. I wonder though, does it say sent from my Apple Watch at the bottom? I was just about to say that I was going to start seeing a whole bunch of people's emails that say sent from Michael's Apple Watch or sent from, you know, insert person's name, Apple Watch. It's like, no. Yeah. Man, that Steve Jobs was an arrogant dude. Man. How are you going to just automatically by default put in everybody's fucking email signature? Sent from my iPhone. Like, man, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you know, I paid for this phone. You and don't need no free So many people never went and changed that. I think mine right now actually says sent from my iPhone. Yeah, it does when I send. I know mine does because since yeah. I last wiped my phone, I have not reconfigured it uh, at all. So it does say that. Sometimes I just erase it if it's a, if I'm replying something that was short enough for me to dictate or whatever, and clean it up and send it. That's like a more official type email. I will delete the sent from my iPhone. If I'm just replying to you or Desiree or something like that, I don't care. Like whatever. That'll probably hint to you guys. Oh, well, he's probably if he replied from his phone, that means he's probably in traffic somewhere or something. So or something. You know, this, yep. This is as good as it's gonna get for right now. <laughs> Didn't BlackBerry say sent from a BlackBerry or something too? I don't. I, don't I never remember. had a BlackBerry. I don't. I don't remember. Blackberry's dead to me. It is. I don't. I don't remember those years. Uh. <laughs> What's weird is I used to really want one though. Yeah, I did too. I had the what was the Windows Mobile phone that sort of looked like the Blackberry? Ah, oh, it was an HTC. Oh man, it'll come to us in the middle. Yeah, in the middle of me washing dishes sometime tomorrow afternoon. Uh but anyway, there was an HTC phone that looked very much like a BlackBerry, like most Blackberries that I had seen with the full QWERTY keyboard on the front and the, all of that crap. And it was a cool phone, but it was a Windows Mobile, like back in the Windows Mobile 6.0 days or something. So it was kind of terrible. I mean, it worked, <laughs> but it was kind of terrible. Uh, I was like, man, it would be great if I could just get a BlackBerry. Everybody has a BlackBerry. I want a BlackBerry. 
That would be cool. And then you didn't have accessibility. Yeah, and then accessibility, accessibility came, and it was very... Expensive. I was going to say under-advertised, under because I heard about it after BlackBerry wasn't a thing anymore. Oh, so see, no. So I don't I don't know what you heard about. What I heard about, I think it was a Code Factory product, possibly. It was somebody's product that, that you could put on the BlackBerry. But to get it, it was like... I mean, shit, it cost, in some cases, it costed more than the BlackBerry costed. Hmm. I might be misremembering this, but I'm pretty certain that it was a, it was a, it was an additive product, sort of like Windows Mobile. Like it wasn't built into the system and it was fairly expensive. And from what I heard from people who actually used it or tried it, it wasn't that great. It was more like the rudimentary kind of, accessibility with text-to-speech that you got on something like a LG chocolate or something. Man, there was a lot of HTC Touch Windows phones. There's oh, like no, the this H- wasn't Touch. Oh, oh, it wasn't Touch. Nope. Huh. The best the best touchscreen phone they ever made, though, was the HTC Touch Pro 2. Yeah, I was just looking at the Touch Pro 2, and I'm like, man, I remember that one. That was a good phone. Huh. Yeah. And then the HTC TYTN2. I don't know if you ever use that one. Nope, never use that one. The TYTN2. <sighs> good, good memories. Good memories. Also, frustrating memories. <laughs> yeah, but look, dude, when I could pull up a spreadsheet and email it to somebody off my phone, like it freaked them the hell out. <laughs> so I gotta say, it did make for some good demos and nothing else. Yeah. Like, oh, you didn't get my email? Hold on one second. I mean, it took forever. <laughs> but, but, no. but here, here's your spreadsheet. So I've, I'm not going to go there. I was going to bring up Windows 11, but I haven't done enough with it to, to, to talk about it. Eh, yeah, actually, I will go there. So I've played a little with Windows 11 on the Surface Book, and I'm kind of excited about it. Um, today I was going through my list of apps, and I'm like, man, I really like the way Windows 11 puts the list of apps as its own list all by itself. So let me take a step back. If you press the Windows key in Windows 11, you're put in a search field. So you can still do what I do almost all the time, and that is hit Windows, start typing what I want, and then hit enter when it comes up. One thing that I can say is we discovered this the other day. I typed, I think it was DOC, and it brought up, um, what did it bring? Oh, the documents settings, um, documents and privacy setting. And that's not what I wanted. I wanted my actual document. So I downloaded two documents, and I hit enter, and that opened documents. And then I went back to the start menu, and this sounds familiar to Demasi. I think I was on the phone when we discovered this. I typed DOC, and then the first option was documents. And so it, it seems to be working yep. a lot like LaunchBar did, and that is amazing, or does, and that is amazing, and I'm super excited about that. So you press Windows, that puts you in the search field. Then you down arrow, and you have pretty much your power option. So you can turn off your computer, you can log off, and, and go through all those. If you press Tab from the search field, it will move you to your pinned apps, so things that you've pinned to your start menu, and you can arrow around that list. 
And if you press tab again, it'll bring you to your suggested apps, if I remember right. I'm doing this from memory. And of course, this can and probably will change a little bit before it comes out this fall slash winter, they're saying around Christmas. Uh, but then you press tab again, and then you hear all all programs or all apps, I think it actually says, and you press enter on that, and then you can arrow through all of your apps or programs and choose enter on that option. And so just the way that, to me, it seems a lot cleaner. It will take a bit to get used to, and uh, I, I understand that frustration, but I really like it. And then also, when you hit Windows A, you're not put into Action Center uh, where you can really only take one action and that is manage your notifications but you're put into kind of like the task bar i mean the uh system tray so you can go in and you can turn on or off bluetooth you can control your volume from there and then you can uh control wi-fi etc and that's with windows a and you don't see any notifications there so to me windows a for actions uh, because those are quick actions you can take in the windows operating system and then windows n is There's notifications what? Yeah. That's yeah. Control center. It says control center. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I never thought about that, but it is. It's control center. I think you might have even mentioned that to me when we talked about it. Uh, Windows in is the notifications, though. So you can go in there and see all your notifications in one place. Um, it's a pretty straightforward process, kind of like using Windows A as in Windows 10 right now. That's a lot of keystrokes. Needless to say, I'm cautiously optimistic about this experience and uh i'm excited yeah you're not (laughs) (laughs) so let me start with the negatives number one i'm getting it's going to be sometime 2022 before they actually release the release version of Mm -hmm. windows 11 Mm -hmm. uh two like they really need to get their messages straight i don't i personally don't care uh, well, actually, I kind of do because up under what their original terms for what devices could run Windows 11, I could not run Windows 11 on my MacBook Pro. Uh, I think hence that has possibly changed, but Microsoft doesn't seem to be certain themselves. Yeah. But in all seriousness, I am like, from what I've heard from people using Windows 11 and who watched the event and all of that, it does sound like a nice step forward. Uh, for Windows, there are features coming. Uh, they're doing things for developers that are great. Uh, Android apps apparently work over there. So that that's going to bring some interesting possibilities. Uh, to Maybe Windows I'll be able to use Todoist on my desktop. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah, I thought about it like (laughs) if you would have kept running your own fucking phone store, you wouldn't have to be borrowing shit from Amazon to put on your device just so you can compete with the fact that Apple is letting people run iPad apps on their Macs. (laughs) Not that Apple nailed that one when they did it. Let's just be fair about it. So one of the catalyst apps are complete shit. Yeah. Build with Swift, people. Let me just give you that advice. If you want an app to be cross-platform, build it in the native UI, the native uh, development language for said platform, or just use Swift UI for your interface. That, that'll that'll make it a whole lot easier. But yeah, Windows 11 will be interesting. And then Microsoft went and dropped a bombshell on us all last week. I don't know if you have any thoughts about this, uh, but Windows oh, you know and about. Chrome... 
or Windows in the browser, Windows 365. Oh, Windows 365. Oh, yeah. I, I'm actually very interested to try this out. Yes. We will come back with more information once we've actually tried it out and can share more information about it because I, I'm intrigued to see how well it works. It I, might be something I would pay for if the pricing is reasonable and it works reasonably well with mm-hmm. screen reader technologies for Windows. I could see myself actually paying for it from what I've heard up to this point. I haven't seen it yet, though. Right. Uh, me, me as well. I wouldn't have a problem with because so Benjamin and Nicholas both have Chromebooks. If it is a decent slash, it won't be completely lag free, but lag enough free that they can get some stuff done in Windows that they can't necessarily do in Chrome. It would be awesome if they could game with it. I don't think they'll be able to. But uh, if if it worked that well, X Cloud man, X Cloud, X Cloud, what? Yeah, the Microsoft oh, stream. Yeah. It, they can do that in the browser. That should work in Chrome. True on the Chromebook. Huh, man! And if you got that X, you got that Xbox One Game Pass for fifteen bucks a month. You already got it. Ooh, I have not paid for Xbox One, but and Lenovo keeps popping up a notification. Hey, you have a free month of Xbox Game Pass. Do you want to try it out? No, I don't want to try it out, but maybe I will. Anyways, where I was going with that is <laughs> that maybe this would be a good solution for the boys to use from their Chromebook, but maybe I might not have to go through all that, and I might be able to just use Xbox One X Pass Game, whatever it's called. <laughs> I think it's Game Pass, but yeah. there's different levels. But I, the one that I'm aware of that gets you your games, you know, all the games that you get with Xbox Game Pass, uh, it's fifteen bucks, and you get the the X. I think it's X X Cloud. I think you get the X Cloud version. Uh, well, I know you get whatever their cloud version of their games are uh, included on that fifteen dollar plan. In addition to a bunch of games, I don't know what you get, but right. you know, maybe the boys will be interested in playing some of those games since you're an Xbox house. Yep. Xbox Cloud Gaming is what it's called. There we go. Yeah. So they could play it probably in a Chromebook. Huh. Project X Cloud. Yeah. It works on uh I mean it's been a little laggy, but for them to roll it out to everybody at this point or for it to be coming out of beta, I kinda expected some hiccups anyway. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean it works on the iPad and, and stuff like that. So I don't see why it wouldn't work on a Chromebook. See, I completely disregarded it because we don't have an Xbox in the house, but maybe I'll look at this more. I thought you guys had an Xbox. You don't nope, have an Xbox? we're all PlayStation. There was an Xbox at some point. There was an Xbox years okay, ago. Okay, just making sure I'm not crazy. Yeah, like... like Because you were playing it. Like when we first started Or at least you were using it. Oh, uh, no, it was a little bit after that, though, because I remember you telling me like you were using it because it had... Um, Narrator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm not oh, crazy. Oh, yeah. It was when we were living in Pendleton, so it's been like three, four years, but... Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't keep up, man. I'm old. I don't you know. I just don't know how to console. I just assumed yeah. it was that. All I know is that we've spent so much money in the PlayStation world that I'm not willing to. Not willing to move. No. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about that. See, that's vendor lock-in. See, yeah. Talk about some monopolistic. Uh, Damn. Antitrust. Wow. Anyways, yeah. No, it'll be like trying saying, to calculate how much money you spend in the Apple Store. Spent on Xbox. Nah, it's like thinking about how much money you spend in the iTunes Store. It's like, eh, you know what? I just know it's a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, we buy the boys the PlayStation Plus for their birthdays every year. So that's 60 bucks per boy per year for the last three years right there. Mm. Damn. It's 180 times three is what? Three, eight, 16, 540. Right there. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> now that I've realized how much I've spent on gaming stuff. And I don't even play the damn thing. <laughs> well, think about it this way. It is significantly less than a dollar a day per per boy for three years. You pay five hundred and forty bucks. If you paid a dollar a day, it would be much higher. So you're you're, yeah. you're coming out ahead. Yeah. And and the thing with the PlayStation Plus, I think is what it's called. Sony has so many different subscription models. They have the PlayStation Plus, PlayStation Now, and because they're such similar names, I know Plus and Now is not the same, but it's close enough that I don't even remember what goes with what, but PlayStation Plus is the one that allows them to play online, and one of the added benefits is they get two games every month that they have the service. So, like, the boys... This month got a Call of Duty game and a WWF, I think it was, uh, game. And both of those games, if you would have bought them outright, would have been close to $100 for the two games. So, Mm -hmm. And that's typically the case with all of them. No, you don't get to pick the games, but as long as you you go in and, and choose your games, well, as long as you go in and select the games that are free, add them to your library, even if you don't download them, as long as you keep the PlayStation Plus service, you can download those games at any point, even if they're not free because they're already added to your library. So that cost value right there, I think, makes it worth it because they can try different games. And we would have never had nothing like that. It would have been go to Game Crazy or GameStop and and buy your games and hopefully they'll work because once you break that cellophane, you can't return them. Exactly. That's that's the beauty of what Microsoft is doing with their their Xbox Cloud Gaming, whatever it's called. I'm gonna call it X Cloud because it sounds cool. X Cloud. Uh, <laughs> but what's the but name inter- of 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 Apple's cloud development service? <laughs> X Code in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> no confusion there at all, you know. <laughs> Uh, well, to be fair, Xbox was there first, though. Yes, honestly. yes, they were. Uh, but yeah, it, it's interesting what they're doing because apparently that that Game Pass that they do with Microsoft is also a very, very good package uh, mm. for what you're getting. And I mean, I don't know with Google kind of killing off Stadia or apparently abandoning, preparing to abandon ship on Stadia. Wait, uh, I did not hear this. I mean, it, it's it's not any announcement. It's, oh, okay. it's just okay. their it's, behavior. It's, it's just they don't inevitable. Seem to be putting it's a Google product. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they don't seem to be really putting a whole lot of effort into marketing or anything like right. that right now. So DM74 show notes are at com slash DM74. And this episode will be titled Subscriptions. No, no, Apple. No, I don't know. We'll figure something out. Apple subscriptions? No, because <laughs> we talk about Xbox. Anyways. <laughs> I was going to say we could call it Podcast One, but I think that's a company name. They might come after us. Yeah. <laughs> I do that one. We'll, call, we'll just call it DM74 One. Nope, <laughs> 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 the DM Series One, Episode 74. 
<laughs> See, this is the type of things that go through my mind when I'm editing is, what am I going to name this episode? It's not like we stayed on one talk. Although, we, for not having notes, I think this episode turned out fairly okay. Biased opinion. Man, when are we doing that thing with doors where we're swapping shows or is that not a thing anymore? Oh shit, I think that was supposed to be this show. <laughs> I mean, it was supposed to just to be a regular show. It's just that we were going to post them to different feeds. Yeah. Uh, so, like, we weren't supposed to th- say anything specific. Like, hey, welcome to the IA cast. Like, we weren't supposed to do that at all. Right. Uh, but it was, it was supposed to be maybe, a maybe this will go into the IA cast feed. Mm. I don't know. Mm. We'll see. Well, anyway, go to yourownpay.com slash DM74 to get the show notes. No matter where it is. <laughs> you can talk to that guy on Twitter. He's at Payon, P-A-Y-O-W-N. Oh, man. If you mention me on Twitter, I'll see. If you DM me on Twitter, it's going to take a second. Uh, but if you mention me on Twitter, I will see it. I'm at Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E. I'll get the notification, and then I'll go read your tweet. If you DM me, though, just telling you. Don't don't be upset if it takes me like two weeks before I even notice that you said mm. something. I'm not being rude. I just don't go check Twitter. And I don't have the official Twitter app, so I don't get notified about DMs. But there you go. Also, also, the show itself is at the DM series. I yes. Think. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. See, we're still getting used to that. It's it's growing pains. We're on episode seventy four. Actually, technically, it's seventy six. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Don't try to do the math. <laughs> <laughs> and we're still getting used to the Twitter account. So, yeah. The, well, the Twitter account only existed for like uh, three month? episodes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the the show's account is the DM series. Uh, Very go. low traffic there. Just to throw that out. Probably just going to tweet to you about episodes when they go live. Uh, if we ever decide to do a live stream, we'll tweet that through that account also. But we'll probably also probably tweet it on our personals. <laughs> I probably won't. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we'll probably do a live stream at some point. Hey, you can go over to yourownpay.com slash DM74. Drop your name and email address in, in the uh, newsletter form there. And you get special sneak peeks at information that Mike sends out sometimes. Yeah, you usually get usually, the episode the day before. Yep, usually early release of the episode uh, and any other tidbits that Mike may come up with. And if you would like to support what we're doing, just throw us a donation. You're not getting anything out of it. We're not promising you anything. Maybe there will be something there in the future. But just want to throw some money our way because, hey, hosting costs money. Uh, Mike edits all the shows. Clean, I just spent $118 on dog food today. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, because Remy's got to get his cut, too. Can't forget that. Uh, and clean feet ain't free. But if you would like to just throw us a few bucks, five bucks, ten bucks, something like that, uh, you know, go to yourownpay.com slash support. Yep. And, and it's not a subscription, just one-time it donation. Is not a subscription. It is a one-time fee. And it's being handled through Stripe, so we don't have your credit card info. So we're not charging the dog food to your account. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Go home. It's over. You've been listening to Your Own Pay Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, visit yourownpay.com slash cast for exclusive content and to contact us today. We're eager to hear your thoughts and about how you're making this podcast your own. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. The Your Own Pay Podcast, yourownpay.com.